Hey there, and welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com. Well, it's Saturday, the 14th of January, 2017, and in my part of the UK, it is pretty chilly, I can tell you. In fact, it's pretty chilly, I think, all over the UK at the moment. Now, I was going to record an episode yesterday, which um, the sharpest among you will realise would be if today's Saturday the 14th, must have been Friday the 13th of January. Um, And it wasn't because it was Friday the 13th that I didn't record it. It, I'm not as superstitious at all. It's just that I was busy working one-on-one with uh, a client, which is always good. And always exciting, always thrilling to do. So uh, apologies for that. So I'm trying to make up for it uh, by sitting here on a Saturday. On a Saturday note, uh, recording this one for you. Now, this week I had the um, the enormous pleasure of listening to a podcast by Malcolm Gladwell. Now, Malcolm Gladwell is somebody you may well be familiar with. He's written loads of books. But he has a podcast out um, called Revisionist History. In fact, it's been out for quite some time, and I'm just catching up with it, to be perfectly honest. And, um, well, it, it leads to something of a, an, an odd coincidence, because earlier this week I recorded an episode in which I referred to basketball. In fact, I was, re- I was referring to a study about uh, basketball or, or a supposed study that happened uh, the study was not into basketball itself but it was into the power of visualization and it's a well-known study that's supposed to have happened at Chicago University back in the 60s but um, I discovered this week as uh, I said in that podcast it seems that that study which is often quoted that it's cited by so many articles by so many uh, thought leaders it seems likely that, that study didn't actually happen. Moreover, it seems possible that the the person accredited with performing that study <laughs> didn't actually exist. But uh, but that's by the by. So, but the coincidence is that, <clears throat> and the odd coincidence, the oddness of this coincidence is that I know nothing about basketball. I mean, I was brought up in the UK, and literally the the whole of my experience of basketball is founded upon. Tours to the UK back in the late 60s, early 70s by the Harlem Globetrotters, which were exhibition matches with a bunch of comedy thrown in. So that was my view of basketball. I I tell a lie. I've probably seen the odd 20 minutes or so of it at the Olympics, but it's not a game that is... It doesn't speak to me because because it's not part of my culture. It's not what I've uh, been brought up with. Now, I fully appreciate that the vast majority of my listeners are probably spitting out their coffee as they listen, thinking, what do you mean it doesn't appeal to you? But you were brought up with it. It's something that you know and love and enjoy. Now, the reason I bring all that up is, and the fact that there's a coincidence, is I'm going to be talking about basketball today. Or not about basketball as such, but about um, something related to basketball. Not only that, I'm going to be talking about NFL as well. Can you believe it? Here's me, a Brit, talking about basketball and NFL. Now, the reason I wanted to lay all that out first is because, let's get it out there, my knowledge of basketball is zero, and my knowledge of NFL, uh, American football, is only marginally more than that. But I'm guessing, I may be wrong, and if I'm doing you a disservice, please forgive me, I'm guessing the majority of my listeners, their knowledge of cricket is about at that level. Yeah, so 
can we call it evens before we go on? Because while I'm going to be referring to basketball and while I'm going to be referring to NFL in this, it's not about basketball and it's not about NFL football. And incidentally, incidentally, while we're at it, stop calling it soccer. It's football. It's football. <laughs> so it's uh, now forgive me if that sounds though I'm being a bit precious, but nobody here calls it soccer. It's football. We invented it. We should know. Now, let's get on to it. This podcast that I was listening to this week by Malcolm Gladwell, Revisionist History, it's the third episode in the series, and I will... Hang on, let me just get this up, because I want to make sure that you have got the uh, right episode. It's the one that's called The Big Man Can't Shoot. It was released on June 30th, 2016. As I say, I'm a little bit behind with this. Um, I love listening to podcasts while I'm out on walks with a dog. And I've been saving this up because I, I, I like Malcolm Gladwell's books, and so I've been saving this up as a bit of a treat. Anyway, go seek it out. The Big Man Can't Jump. I am going to be stealing mercilessly from this, but believe me, go to the source for the real information. Gladwell, in this one, uh, he starts by talking about a game which I, if you're a basketball fan, you're going to know about. I didn't. I didn't. It was a game that took place on the 2nd of March 2062, and he described it as the greatest game ever. Hey, this is Ozzy just diving in on the edit here. That, of course, should be the 2nd of March 1962. And it was between the Philadelphia Warriors and the New York Knicks. And the story centres on a guy called Wilt Chamberlain. Now, to pile horror upon the horror, I can tell you now, I'd never heard of Wilt Chamberlain. Never heard of him. And you're all probably thinking, you are an idiot, Aussie. Where have you been hiding? But anyway, Wilt Chamberlain, just in case you didn't know, played for the Philadelphia Warriors. And he was a giant of a man, or what? In normal parlance, probably not in basketball parlance, uh, passes a giant of a man. He was, stood seven foot one tall. And in this game, which Gladwell described as the greatest game ever, Chamberlain did what no one had done before and no one has done since. He scored 100 points. He scored 100 points. That season, his average was over 50 points a game. And um, nobody's done that before or since. And it seems likely no one ever will. Now, what was behind this? In the first quarter, he'd, he'd shot 23 points. In the second, by the second, that had got to 41 points. By the end of the third, that was up to 69. And as I say, he ended with it's a 100-point game. What was behind that? Well, he it seems he changed something about his game. He changed something fundamental about his game because he scored during that game, 28 of those points came from the foul line, from free throws. He made 28 out of 32 shots. That's a rate of 87.5%. Now, here's the thing. When Chamberlain first arrived in the NBA, his scoring rate was 40% from the free throw line. It was the worst in the NBA. So clearly he changed something to get from 40% to 87.5%. Yeah. What did he change? He made the shots underarm. He threw the shots underarm. Not overarm. Like everybody else does. And it worked. And he had the greatest season ever. Here's the thing. He changed back. 
After that season, he changed back to taking those free throws overarm. And his game sucked again from the free, from the free throw line. It seems that from anywhere else on the court, he was fine. If he was taking people on, he could score at will. It's not a problem. But from the foul line, he just couldn't cut it. Now, it seems there was one other um, exponent of the, the underarm shot at the time, a guy called Rick Berry. And uh, in this podcast, Malcolm Gladwell plays an interview with Rick Berry. In it, he says that in two seasons, in one season he missed nine shots throughout the entire season, and in another season he missed ten. Now, to put that in some sort of perspective, it seems that LeBron James, who even I, who know nothing about basketball, have heard of, he regularly misses 150 in a season. Yet Rick Barry was missing nine, maybe ten a season. So clearly, clearly something's going on here. Now, I, again, I'm not, I'm not going to go into all the detail that uh, Malcolm Gladwell goes into in his excellent, and have I said it's a good podcast? In his excellent podcast. But it seems there's clear evidence. Rick Berry, here he was, shooting underarm from the foul line. Only Wilt Chamberlain was doing the same, and he had the best season ever. Something's happening, isn't it? Something is happening. Yet nobody else was picking it up. Now, Rick Berry goes on to talk about the fact that he tried to help Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaq told him, I would rather make zero than shoot underarm. Now, what's going on there? What is going on there? Because, because there is evidence there. There is evidence there that there is a better way of doing something. There's evidence Wilt Chamberlain himself had proved to himself that the better way was to make these shots underarm. Yet he went back. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? I, I, I find that fascinating. Now, we'll come back to that in a minute. Now, there are so many references that, and so many examples that uh, I could use from Gladwell's podcast, but there was one that particularly stu stood out to me. And it was a guy called Richard Taylor. And he has this theory of behavioral economics. Now, that sounds way above my level of understanding, but here's the thing. He made a study of the NFL. In particular, he made a study of the principles surrounding the, the draft picks. Now, as I understand it, the, the draft system, which is totally different from the, the, um, the way football operates, and I'm talking about football, not American football, the way football operates, the transfer market there, that you have a draft system and those play, players eligible for draft are put forward and the, the, the franchises take it in turns to, so they have their first pick, so the, the very first person picked is obviously deemed to be the most valuable player that year. And the, their salary, their compensation packages reflects that. And the, the, the franchises take it in turns to, so they all have their first pick and then they go around again for their second pick and so on. And there seem, it seems there's a market for these picks, which is something I wasn't aware of. And so regularly, a, a, a first pick may be traded for five or even six second picks. Now... What he was able to show was that this was flawed. 
because he did some simple sums which said well what what's the what's the surplus that this this guy brings to the team when you look at the contribution that this guy brings to the team and take away the cost what's the surplus and what he found without exception was that those second round drafts those second choices were more valuable than the first and not only that you could get five or six of them <laughs> for the cost of the first round draft so he then went and worked worked with three nfl franchises worked very closely with them how many of them do you think changed their way of thinking and took his advice on board that's right zero absolutely zero now there was another study by a guy called david romer and following a lot of analysis he proved that teams would win more if they didn't punt on fourth down if they used all four downs to try to gain the 10 yards he proved it how many franchises have adopted that count them <laughs> none and 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 here's the weird thing when the discussions have been had with the front these franchises have actively sought out the help of these guys and they accept they accept the validity of what they're being told they accept the research but they don't adopt it they don't adopt it they can see they can see the validity of it with taylor and roma's work it's estimated that they would win on average an extra any side that took that up they would win on average an extra two and a half games a year now obviously you're not going to win a half a game but on average let's just say it's two you'd take that wouldn't you Two get an extra two games a year so why aren't they taking it up because nobody else is going back to wilt chamberlain he wrote afterwards he wrote that he knew he was wrong going back to taking those free throws underarm but the reason he did it the reason he went back the reason he sacrificed all those points and nobody get this nobody said hey what are you doing man you know you you were brilliant last season why why are you going back the reason he stopped was because he said he felt silly he felt like a sissy man how silly have you got to feel to give up on something that makes you streets ahead of everybody else streets ahead of everybody else yet we all do it every day i can think back to things that i've done or rather not done because even though i knew they would have been good even though i knew they would have been the right thing even though i knew that they would get me a better result than i was currently getting i didn't do it because i was worried what other people would think it wasn't what was expected of me have a think today are there areas in your life where you know that you could be doing better you know you could be getting better results but you don't not because you can't not because you don't know as well you, you i mean the, these are dumb mistakes but they're dumb mistakes that are not being made out of ignorance they're not being made because these people don't know these people know these people know the right thing to do they're totally capable of doing it yet they choose not to because of what other people think 
Have a think today. Are there areas in your life where you're doing the same? I think if you're really honest with yourself, you're going to find there are. I know I have. Look, I hope it's been useful. I hope you'll forgive me murdering the language that surrounds your beloved sports. And I promise that if ever you make a podcast about cricket, I'll listen to it and I won't even chuckle to myself. I promise. Hope you enjoyed this today. If you did, I hope you'll pay it forward by telling your friends about it. Get them to listen too. Because if you enjoyed it, chances are they enjoyed it. And what I'd also ask is that you head over to iTunes and subscribe because that really helps. That helps get this podcast rising in the rankings. Leaving a bunch of stars does that as well and leaving a few words in review. So let's get this rising in the rankings. Helps it get found by more people. Thank you so much indeed for choosing to spend your time with me today. I've been Ozzy Air, founder of whensmytime.com. And I'm here to tell you, your time is now. <laughs>